A reading from John 11, 40-44. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen, and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. It's very easy to uh, jump to this last part because it's so extraordinary, where Jesus calls uh, out to Lazarus to come out. And the dead man came out and his hands and feet were wrapped with uh, uh, strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. But the real important part for me is what becomes before that. Uh, Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? Man, is he going to shock everybody? but it's the power of belief that he's talking about. And then he talks to his father as if he's in a conversation, that it's a prayer. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. So we've talked about this, or I talked about this the other day, about Jesus being so close to the father that that, that he's, he follows the Father in everything. He hears the Father in everything. He follows the Father in everything. I know that you always hear me, he says. So he's affirming that. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it, yes, it is startling that this actually happens because it's contrary to everything we think is possible. But this, the power of belief overcomes all the doubts, all of the things. But how do you, I mean, this is a question for both of you. How do you help people understand the dynamics of the belief in Jesus Christ and how powerful it is and how liberating it is from the things that hold you back? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question, Eric. I think uh, the modern man has somewhat of a disservice. I can't remember which theologian said it, but he said, the modern man tries to take an infinite God and fit him into his finite mind and therefore splits his head open, right? It's not possible. We can't do it. So that's part of the understanding thing is that in some ways it's it's beyond comprehension. Uh, However... Mm -hmm. I think, you know, there is this progression of faith. This is why Paul would later say, you know, we're to not work for our salvation, but work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And, you know, God, he'll progressively reveal more and more of his nature to you. You know, if, I, if you think about um, the spiritual life kind of on a scale and say negative 10 would be like a belligerent atheist and positive 10 would be like on fire for Jesus, like Jonathan Edwards, John Wesley, Tim Keller. You know, and if you think about the, that moment of faith of coming to know Jesus is kind of going from that zero to one scale. You know, 
in each of my conversations, I'm asking myself, okay, if this person's a negative 10, how, with the help of the Holy Spirit, do I get them to a negative nine, right? How do I get them to move a little bit more towards Christ? It's this progression that leads to this surrender and submission to Christ, but it doesn't end there. The way I would answer your question, Eric, th- those are really good answers, by the way, David. That's I love that thing about the infinite God fitting into the finite mind. Um, you gave me a couple minutes to think about how I would answer Eric's <laughs> question. And honestly, I think the, the, the by far the most effective way to help people understand the gospel, I think, is effectively what you were asking, Eric is actually the title of your book, Getting to Know Jesus. The more I can point people to Jesus in my ministry, the more I can just talk about him in my sermons, the more I can invite him into the room where two or three are gathered, um, the more we can worship him in song, the more I can try to live like he lived and follow his example when we design the mission of the church. When people get to know him mm-hmm. and when the Holy Spirit lifts the veil, mm-hmm. Well, guess what? He's, that means God's doing all the work there. All I'm doing is creating an environment in which people can hopefully encounter him most easily. Mm-hmm. He, he does the heavy lifting, as we've said a million times here. Um, that's freeing in ministry, knowing that there's nothing really I can do to get that infinite God into the finite brain, like you were saying, David. But what I can do is just point people to Christ, point people to Jesus in all that I do. And that's really what's going to that's what's going to work.